0: y'all, and welcome to Sunny D, the ponderings of a black, pansexual, polyamorous, polymath. That would be me, D-Ray. I talk about relationships, relationshiping, intersectionality, tea, and a whole lot of other shit. Let's get on with the show in our different segments. Okay. So today on what's the tea, I am drinking um, Mad Hatter tea, and it's by this shop called Spellbound. It is a local shop, which I love. Um, About this tea, let's see. It is so hard to pinpoint (laughs) what this tea tastes like because so many flavors are packed into this tea and they all dance across your tongue at different times. So it's real dark and deep. I would say the first thing that hits you is the cinnamon spice and the ginger. So like you can can taste, uh, for those of y'all who like cinnamon and shit and like ginger and shit, you know those specific tastes and the way that that spiciness um, hits you or the spice hits you. And you can taste the ginger and the cinnamon at first very very well and then after that hits there's like a citrus filling on your tongue it's more orangey than lemony or limey or any other citrus it's 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 a it's a very deep orange citrus taste and then after that there's this tangy sweetness um that is reminiscent of like if you had licorice root licorice root is in this tea and that's what makes it like that tangy it's bittersweet kind of the less bitter I don't know how to explain it but if you had licorice root and not licorice but licorice root then you know what I mean Um, and then after that you just get this other I don't know it's just a really deep taste and I really think it's from the cloves and the other roots that are in this tea so this tea has sarsaparilla root Cloves, licorice root, and yellow dock root, and also cinnamon, orange peel, and ginger, which of course are the first flavors I mentioned, so that makes sense. So I think that at the end you get this dark earthy taste that's really nice, and it makes it perfect for it to be like a chai adjacent tea. It's not exactly chai, but when you add milk and honey, it is so fucking good. The shop where this was found, actually, my girlfriend got me got me this. For our anniversary. This is a shop I went to. With her and her husband. Um, Trying to remember. What the specifics were. Around us going. I do remember we were going somewhere. And they were like. Oh there was a shop. And we want to check it out. So let's go check it out. And so that's what we did. It was really cute y'all. I will have all the information. About it in the show notes. Because I want y'all to go. It's a metaphysical shop, which basically means that they have like incense, candles, crystals, books, tarot cards, or cards, different types of jewelry and essential oils, soaps, herbs, things to make smudges and stuff like that. Um, They also have tarot readings that you can buy. You can do um, one of their workshops and they have a complimentary tea station y'all so you already know that i was like yeah yeah um they also sell local honey there and local honey in case you didn't know it's good for your allergies yeah so they have that complimentary tea bar you can sample some of their teas and then take one home with you real cute oh and the most important part is they have a cute little shop cat who when we was there was taking a nap behind the register but that baby opened its eyes and was looking at us and it was so cute and the shop is full of friendly people that are you know can help you whenever you need you can just go there relax there was also an outdoor like patio type area but it was nighttime and it was cold when we went it was right as they was closing matter of fact so we didn't really explore that area but i'm sure that's like where they have some of their workshops and shit um so yeah check it out spellbound and i will have the link to their website in the show notes So today's Rays Rants and Raves, I'm going to rant a little bit and it's not about current events or anything. It's really about what I'm doing in my life right now, which is um, deciding that I wanted to watch something that I like that's very comforting to me, which is Star Trek, realizing that most of the tracks are off of motherfucking Netflix and you have to have a Paramount Plus subscription for it and they're on Amazon, which is fine because I do have that so that I can watch Discovery. And I realized that I was behind on Discovery, as in I've only seen up to season two and probably half a season, I saw half a season three, and that I needed to catch up. And so instead of going and watching some of Voyager or DS9, which I could have watched on Netflix, but one of my partners is watching DS9 right now for the first time, and I don't want him to lose his place. And it was pointed out to me that I could sign on to one of the, Many others who is on the Netflix account who I know won't watch Trek and watch it there. Forgot about that, but doesn't matter. Started watching Discovery or rewatching Discovery. And I realized the reason that I hadn't gotten back to it. And it's because I love Discovery. Um, I love the costume design. I love the set design. I love all of the um, folks that are on Discovery. I feel like the actors are... Super great. The actors are really good. Um, They express emotion well. It is overwhelmingly good actors and maybe a few actors in there. And the diversity on point. Um, The storyline I also love. And I love all the designs for costumes, for alien species, all of that shit. (sighs) However... It's stressful, y'all. Discovery is stressful. I didn't realize it until I was watching, rewatching, you know, DS9 with my partner and him watching it for the first time, how many, like, filler episodes they have in different tracks to break shit up. Also, because we live in a time that we live in, folks don't want long-ass seasons. Um, They want longer episodes, shorter seasons. And I think this is really, you know... <sighs> People want a lot of action. So, okay, cool. They're adapting with the times and doing this. However, the fact that there are less than 15 episodes every season, all the episodes are like an hour long and they're all action-packed makes me not watch it as much or watch it as it comes out or watch it straight through. I can't binge it because it's just so much trauma. It's so much trauma. And at this point... I just want some comfort sometimes (laughs) I just want things to work out and it's like whenever things work out they don't hardly get any downtime I need like a wacky hollow episode okay or some slice of life where somebody on the ship some random person is trying to date one of the bridge crew or some shit I don't know but I really love those little episodes so you know a 25, 30-episode season where every episode is 30 minutes and there's, like, three filler episodes thrown in, I'm like, this is what I'm used to. And this is what I can handle. And, um, yeah, Discovery don't have that, y'all. And the people are great. Like, they really are very realistic for people who have handled all this fucking trauma. Very realistic. But can we give them a motherfucking break? Is that... Is season... I just finished the last episode of season three and i'm like so is season four gonna be like them coming back from therapy is it gonna be like four months later where they got a trip to risa and some therapy and shit is it because damn what the fuck? they don't get a break at all can we have like you know a a 30 45 minute episode um of them just chilling And then the last 15 minutes is, oh, no, another crisis has happened. I Yeah, just show me that. I hope that's what happens. I don't know. I'm just about to start season for probably tonight for my date night. If he agrees to it, I sincerely hope so because I just need to finish it. y'all. Like, damn. Damn. Give me some Detmer old, like, date scenes because that's what I want. That's what I want to see. Damn it. Anyways, yeah, that's my rant. I love Discovery so, 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 so much. But yeah, I either need to like get, that's me putting on my armor (laughs) so I can watch it without being so stressed or watch it in very, very little spurts where I watch one episode of the whole hour long episode of Discovery clean up and then watch some damn anime. For real, damn. hey everybody today we're gonna be talking about vulnerability i figured that this would be a needed episode in between the things that we're talking about because hmm, i just talked about connections and how does one make connections last once you decided this is the person i want to connect to these are the ways in which i want to connect them and the way that you make connections last is vulnerability um And even though I'm a person who loves, loves connections, I have had issues and still have issues getting to know someone because I'm a very private person. I do not like giving information that I feel like is not needed to anybody, whether it be strangers, uh, customer service folks, I'm like, what is it that you need to know? What is the purpose? And I will give you that information. I don't want you to know nothing else about me, period. And some of that just stems from my personality. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I think that in general, I'm just a private person. I'm also an introvert, so I don't really want to have to expend energy doing all this social stuff with somebody that I don't feel like it will, you know, like of anything like if I'm not gonna have a deep emotional connection with you yes I will small talk and all that but like I don't need to share certain shit with you I do not feel like that at all like I have very I've had two co-workers that I've actually been friends with and I would say casual friends and not even like super deep friends um And there have been times where I wanted to have more than a casual friendship with them. But again, this issue of vulnerability. (laughs) Um, And also, uh, I have CPTSD, So there's a lot of trauma around me. I have, I feel like I have a lot of trauma. I feel like I have a lot of uh, tender sensitive spots in my past that even though they may not be tender sensitive to me, I recognize that for other folks hearing about it, it's a lot for them. Yeah, I. somebody once told me when I was in college and I was in this Christian sorority, I was also in another Christian organization and a Christian dance team. And I'm trying to remember, it was either in a other Christian organization or a Christian dance team, whatever it was. They were like, you're so great at talking to folks whenever we have issues or when we have something about past hurts or you know anything like that where other folks are being vulnerable it's like you are one of the best speakers that we have or one of the best prayer warriors <laughs> that we have or you're you know the best person to get somebody calmed down and it seems like every time somebody shares something about them you have a similar experience and so you either share that experience so they know they're not alone or you don't share their experience but you like react in such a way where they feel comfortable and then you know weeks later it comes out that you knew because you can empathize more because it happened to you. And this that's a blessing. That's what they said. It was a blessing that I've had so much shit happen to me in my life that every time somebody had a motherfucking breakdown, I knew what they was feeling. I don't think that's necessarily a blessing. It's just a fact of life. Some people just have shit that happened to them. And um, I just want the Lord to know I'm not his strongest soldier. <laughs> a bitch is tired. I don't need no more shit. Thank you. So... Yeah, a, a, some of my trauma is like, I, I don't want to dump on folks, but also some of my trauma is based around the fact that I was vulnerable with the wrong folks and then it turned around to bite me. Um, I think I first experienced that whenever I was a child. And I remember when I was super young, my like family life was normal, I would say. It just seemed around the same average, what everybody else is experiencing, And then at one point it flipped and my father became emotionally and verbally and physically abusive. And I journal, I write a lot because whenever I feel like I can't talk to anybody, I write instead. And I had this page in my journal where it's basically the black page. And what I would do is I had a, Black piece of construction paper over it. Well, I wrote on it first and then I glued the black paper, piece of construction paper on it. And then what I would do is every time I was feeling like very, very strong emotions, whether that was sadness or anger, those two or fear, those three emotions. If I was feeling those and I was feeling them very, very hard. I would write it on the black page and then I would glue another piece of black construction paper on top of it so nobody could read it, but I got it out. Well, I had wrote, written in there before and I put the, you know, the piece of construction paper over it. And then my dad found my journal and he was reading, he saw the black page and he asked me about it. Um, And was basically like, Oh, you know, I know that I've been fucking up. You can trust me. Blah, 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 blah. blah. So I shared with him some of how he made me feel. And then the next time that he was drunk and on a rampage, he threw that shit back in my face. Um, Yeah. I think I was eight or nine. And at that point, I was like, well, what's the point of sharing people how you feel if they tell you, you know, you can trust them and they want to know how you feel when they're just going to use that as ammunition. So I had been very, like, careful with what I shared. Um, But it still happened to me again in high school when I'm like, these are my girls. I know them and I share some shit with them. And then the next thing I know, it's all the way around school. And I'm just like, can't trust bitches. Can't trust When I say bitches, I mean everybody. Period. Can't trust nobody. Um, and I felt like that for a long time, um, even within my relationships. And so I didn't, don't think I opened up a lot. Um, yeah. And it took breakdown, going to therapy and having good relationships in order for me to kind of try to break myself out of that. And I think that I have done a good job, but I do know, oh, oh, do I know that it's very hard for me to be vulnerable still. It is really hard for me to fully connect with somebody where I feel like there isn't a huge wall I do think that there are you should have boundaries around certain stuff and you don't have to share your full self with everybody even folks that you have a deep connection with in one way or another last episode you don't have to have every kind of connection with every person but I I am working on being more vulnerable in the ways that in which I want to be vulnerable with the folks that I feel like I can trust now. I do think that I have done a lot to, you know, be able to spot manipulation, to educate myself on how to hold to my boundaries and all of that. And um, I want to be more vulnerable. So this episode is an exploration into how to do that. And so, this is like not just me being like, oh, y'all, here's a how to guy. This is also me saying, like, this is something I also want. And I am taking <laughs> all of these things to heart with you guys. So, we are working on this together. Yay. Um, what is vulnerability? We, we throw that word around a lot. And I, especially in the non monogamous community, especially in relationships, romantic or whatever the fuck you wanna call them, relationships, deep emotional connections, we talk about vulnerability a lot. So what do we think it is? I think vulnerability is the willingness to truly be yourself. And for me, it's the softer side of me that is not hidden behind all the walls and defenses that I built up. Um, it's also about being honest with how you feel about your fears, about what you need, and also asking for what you need because baby, that's hard. You I, yeah. Um vulnerability is also mutual and it requires boundaries and trust between the person that you're being vulnerable with. So it's not just I'm being vulnerable, like it's it's a mu- it's a mutual it's a mutual thing between you and another person or you and other people. Um, and I think people get that. But also, it's not just about you being authentic with others, but yourself. So authenticity, I said I said being authentic. And I realized, uh-huh, people use that word a lot now, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> what is that? What does that mean? And I think authenticity is you... What you believe matches up with what you say and what you do. It means that you live according to your values. You are open and brave enough to be yourself and be genuine and to live your life out loud. Um, I think that some people think that that means that being honest and, you know, living out loud and owning your story and all that shit means you have to share all your business with the world. You have to share your deepest, darkest secrets with the world. You have to sh- tell them everything that you're doing. I don't think that's right. I think it just means knowing who you are, being firm in that knowledge, being okay with that knowledge, understanding yourself, um, n- working on any cognitive dissonances that you have, and just being authentic all the way through. Because everybody don't need to know your business. You're, you don't have to tell your job all about what you're doing. However, if it comes up, you're just like, this is me, but you don't have to tell them. You don't have to disclose certain shit to them. No, I think we all have been info dumped on. So like there's a difference between being authentic and purging or indiscriminate disclosure, which is when you share your innermost thoughts and desires and dreams and what is going on in your life with a stranger or oversharing or dumping on folks who do not feel as close to you as you do for them and they did not want that. Vulnerability is based around mutuality and it requires boundaries, interests. And so it's not great to do this whole, like, I'm being vulnerable and telling you all this shit with someone who isn't emotionally ready for it. who With someone that didn't ask for this or you didn't ask them if you could do it. Um, Yeah, like, you may feel trust and close to a person, but that person may not feel that exact same depth of connection as you do, which is why you should have conversations beforehand. It's okay that somebody takes longer to build a depth of connection. Also, what depth is, is dependent upon the person. Like, Many people feel like, oh, this one thing over here is depth. And somebody else may be like, well, actually, that's surface level for me because depth means sharing this with you or whatever. So you have to realize that. Um, Everybody ain't ready for you to be vulnerable with them. And it is not okay for you to be vulnerable with just anybody and everybody on the street. Like vulnerability is something that it can bring people who are already in relationship with each other closer together and leaves them feeling connected, even more connected. But when you do it with somebody who ain't ready or doesn't have that connection or trust with you, it does the opposite. It's uncomfortable. It can make them not want to talk to you again. It's unsatisfying for both people because you ain't getting what you want and they certainly ain't getting what they want, okay? So all that being said, how does one be vulnerable? Number one, I have a list for y'all. Yes. Number one, examine your intent. If you are sharing things about yourself in an effort to help others learn by way of saying, I've been through this before. and Here are the things that I've encountered or to show them solidarity that other folks have encountered this. Or if you are sharing for them to learn more about you and how you operate. So that they know how to better connect with you, then yes, that is, that's a great, I feel like that's being authentic and and, and that's a great way to show it. Um, if you're sharing this because word vomit or you want to gain sympathy or pity, you might be oversharing. You might not be, you might want sympathy. Sometimes we just want sympathy and that's okay. But really think about the person again that you're telling this to. Are you trying to connect with this person or do you only want sympathy from them? Is it somebody you already connected to or is it a stranger? Think about it. Um, other intents. An attempt to fast track the relationship to where you want it to be. Because I think that this has happened to me. <sighs> People who have wanted to be in a relationship with me. Not necessarily just like dating or having sex, but, oh, they wanted to be friends with me. And a lot of them were oversharers where they just blurt out their personal info because it helps make them like they want to build a sense of intimacy. They want to build that sense of trust, but they haven't actually built any trust with me. Like we are still in the beginnings, excuse me, of of stuff. And they're blurting out this because they're like the way in which you gain intimacy and connection is telling them personal details. But no, first you build the trust and then you can start sharing more deep shit. Um, You build the relationship first. You can't just move past all the things by saying, this is the shit that happened to me. Here you go. Do you like me now? Do we have a connection? Do you understand me? It's like, no. We're literally still just figuring out what our personality types are. <laughs> or are you revealing information about yourself because you want somebody to think of you as a confidant, with, again, without building that connection? So nah, nah. Um, I heard this from a therapist because I shared a story about somebody <sighs> dumping on me, but them dumping on me <laughs> was basically them telling me about how they was dumping on somebody else and how that person responded with, I already said I didn't want to hear this. Here are my boundaries going forward, blah, 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 blah. And then the person is dumping on me. And it's like, I feel like as a friend, she was wrong, blah, 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 blah. And I was talking about how uncomfortable that made me. And I just couldn't articulate it. And what the therapist said is that, for some people especially folks who have a lot of anxiety when pain is super super at the forefront or if they keep thinking about certain things that happened that they wish went differently it feels like everybody knows that everybody can see that something's going on with them and That thought of the whole world perceiving them and perceiving them as wrong is anxiety provoking. And so they feel like they have to overshare so that they can relieve the anxiety by saying, hey, I know that I'm fucked up or I know that I'm wrong, but this is why, because of all this pain. And it's like, I knew nothing about this. And yeah, sometimes you have to, Feel the feelings, feel the anxiety, and then share with a therapist or share with somebody that is close to you. Like you have to consider, is it right to share with this person? What's my intent for sharing with this person? Um, Am I super anxious right now just because I think that they think it's wrong or that I think that they are judging me and I need to explain myself? Um what what is the reason again number 1 think about your intent carefully consider whether it's a good idea to share why are you sharing what do you want which brings us to number 2 think before speaking think about what it is you want to share and how you want to deliver that story like I'm not saying anything fancy like oh you got to write it down and it has to be like this and this and this I'm just saying collect your thoughts so that you can say it in a way in which folks understand um that you feel like you are portraying yourself in the way that you want to that you're telling the story in a way that want you that you that you want to that you're hitting the points that you want to hit um that you're not sharing things that you're not ready to share yet because that's another thing You have to analyze, what am I ready to share? What am I not ready to share? Yeah. Um, If you know that you want to be vulnerable with somebody, but you don't know how to be vulnerable or ways to build trust so that you can be more comfortable with being vulnerable, this is another thing. Think about it. This can be trying to come up with questions of varying depth to lead the conversation. So if you're saying, I want to build trust with this person in regards to money so that I can talk about money with them, so I can be vulnerable with them in that way so that we can build a connection in which these things are included, whatever the financial things are. Come up with some questions of varying depth to build the trust around that thing. Say, hey, do you budget? How do you budget? How do you feel about splurging? What do you think you spend most of your money on? For me, it's food. (laughs) Um, And then you can start with other questions like, how has your thoughts about money changed over the years? What did your parents feel about money? How has that affected how you now feel about money? Were there traumatic money experiences in your life? And then you share with the person and eventually you'll get to a point where you're comfortable talking about money with them and any trauma that you have around money or any misgivings or fears or whatever that you have around that thing. And then you'll be able to say, hey, I wanna do this thing with you that involves it. So yeah, that can be with anything. So think about what it is that you want think before speaking number three say what you want to ask for what you need so think about what you want from this particular person from this relationship from this specific exchange and say that at the beginning so yes think of those questions and then whenever y'all are going to sit down and talk or whatever say hey what I would like is for us to share our thoughts This is for connection only and I really want to be able to build a better connection with you in terms of discussing X or I would like to eventually be able to talk to you about my fears surrounding this topic and so I would like an open exchange right now where it's very lighthearted. And then later on at another time, we can talk about things that are more in depth. What do you want from this person, this relationship and this specific exchange and let them know so that they are prepared and that they aren't bringing up things that you're not ready for yet. Boundary setting, that's what that is. And also ask for what you need. It is real easy for us, (laughs) I say us, but I mean me um, to downplay Emotions and to protect ourselves and people around us we think by closing off. I definitely do that Um, The only way to achieve connections with folks is being able to speak up When you need something or when you're having deep feels so Admitting that we need someone to help us or that we're struggling or whatever allows for other folks to empathize with us and respond to us in ways that will bring us closer. So if you need something while you're having these vulnerable conversations, if you need something in general, open up, say that you're hurting, say that you're feeling whatever, say what I need right now is pick me up. I need a light conversation. Um, I need to be able to cry while we're talking. I need to be able to do this while we're eating. I need to be able to do this while we're walking. Think about it. Say what you want. Ask for what you need. Okay. Number four, get consent. Yes, baby, because consent is sexy. Either ask the person if they have energy and emotional bandwidth to talk about whatever thing you've been thinking about. Or if you're doing a general trust slash vulnerability exercise, like how I said, come up with the questions very in depth. Ask if they have the time and energy for a lighthearted question game or for a more in-depth question game. Because the thing is, is that they may not have the spoons for it at the time. They may say, oh, this is a very, very sensitive topic for me. Can we do this later um, so I can prepare myself more? This is a very sensitive topic to me. I don't want to talk about it at all for the foreseeable future. Whatever it is, Now, you know, you have their consent to talk about this thing that can make folks very vulnerable, whatever it is. If they don't want to talk about it at the time, you can ask, can we schedule a specific time to talk about it? If they say they don't want to talk about it for the foreseeable future, you can state, I respect that. I would like to talk about it at some time. So if there's any time in the future that you would like to talk about this, could you please let me know whenever you're open to talk about this? If it's something that's important, very, very important for you to be able to talk about with that person. I would suggest doing that. And I also would suggest asking them, hey, do you mind if every six months I nudge you on this and ask if it's okay? Because some folks don't want you to and other, and they're just like, I will come to it when I come to it. And other folks are like, yeah, please check in because they may not remember or whatever. And if they say no, they never want to talk about it. You have to respect that. And then you have to figure out y'all together, whether or not y'all can continue in the way that y'all are or the way that you would want if you can't have that vulnerability with them in that area. And sometimes that's OK. Like, it's fine. You you say, well, I can't have that type of connection with them. That's OK. We can still move forward with other things. And for other stuff, it's like, I really need to talk about this to be able to talk about this with the persons that I have these deep emotional connections with and it's going to feel like something is missing yada 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 and then y'all figure out what y'all will do from there great you can also schedule the time just as it crops up as you think of things you want to be vulnerable about or you can make it more regular like you have one day night a month where all you do on that day night is talk about a different topic that you may be hesitant to talk about or they may be hesitant to talk about that's very vulnerable or invokes vulnerable feelings. Your feelings on it, why you have these feelings, how the past shaped these you in these feelings, answering questions about it, whatever, whatever. So there's different ways to do this where you are asking for the other person's consent. Y'all are both ready for the conversation and y'all both are building up this regular time, this regular sharing so that as you learn more and more about the person and you trust the person more and more and you're more and more vulnerable, you can unlock even more vulnerability. Yes. Next thing, which I think is number five, slow down and be present. So part of being vulnerable is being in the moment and listening to what the person is actually saying. A lot of times we listen to our inner voice and I can attest to the fact that I spend a lot of time in my head. However, whenever somebody is talking and it's their turn to be vulnerable, listening to what they have to say, being willing to give time and attention to that moment, to what they are saying without thinking, how does this affect me? What does this mean for me? Um, what are they thinking about me? Do they think I think the same or do they think I think opposite? Yada, yada, yada. Instead of doing that, listen to what they have to say. Give them the time and attention to that moment. Be vulnerable in that moment with them. Like, it's often hard to do that. To so just like, let me not listen to my brain results right now. Let me listen to what they're saying. Let me not be critical of myself right now. Let me listen to what they're saying. And then once you do that, you can follow up with some questions of your own or maybe even say, thank you for sharing that. Can I share mine, like my similar experience or my outlook on it? Or do you want to know my perspective? Like ask them that. Be present. Be in the moment. Number six, express what you really think. Basically be honest. Show your real self. Um, I am very guilty of this. When you're having conversations with folks and you're being vulnerable, you should be open to giving and receiving feedback without being overly defensive. And I think that I, a lot of times, <sighs> hesitate to say what I really think because I feel like it will be me being insensitive or hurtful. But the thing about it is, is that sometimes some things are hurtful. You can't, you can't do anything about that. Sometimes things are just going to hurt the other person because... They need to hear it and it might be a negative or they think negative view of them or it's not, you know, the best thing that they, that the best action. Because sometimes you're between a rock and a hard place and, and you got to pick the lesser two evils. It's just, I, I hate it, but sometimes it's just life. Um, but you don't have to be unnecessarily hurtful. You don't have to be harmful, which I think is different than hurtful. Um, and you don't have to be insensitive by just saying what you think. And Trying to protect somebody from their own feelings—it's gonna make you fail every time because you're not in that person's head. You're not—you don't know how they're gonna take it. You don't know how they're gonna react. You don't know the connotations that they may have on that thing, unless you do already. But you know, you understand what I'm saying. Like, you don't know everything about this person. You don't know what is going to set them off, trigger them, or not. Engage in honest conversation. (laughs) Tell them how you really feel. There were several times, I'm going to say this. One of my partners was dating this, whoop, whoop, I almost revealing my true feelings there. I was dating this woman. And there were several things throughout their relationship where I was like, eh, eh. I don't like that. But, and, and I had thoughts about it. I'm like, this seems very classist to me. This seems like she is putting you down. Ew. This seems ableist to me, like a lot of shit. But I was like, he seems really enamored with her. I feel like if I say what I actually think, then it's going to hurt his feelings. It's not going to be good for us. And whenever everything panned out, he really wished that I said what I thought. Yeah. It's super important to be honest about your point of view, about what you really think. And show your real self. Like, if you want to be vulnerable with somebody, you really can't not be honest. And a part of being honest is not lying by omission or not even lying by omission, but just omitting things because you feel like it's for the greater good. And again, I'm very, very bad at doing this because I personally think that I have a lot of harsh thoughts. Um, I also think that I have a lot of thoughts that are dissimilar to folks that I may want to build connection with. And it's very hard to hear somebody say something and be like, damn, I think the opposite of that. It's not going to change anything about like how I feel about this person or even my actions toward this person. But if they know that I feel this way about it, are they going to believe that the actions are gon- aren't going are going to change or Do they really need the feelings to be the same? And the answer to that is you don't know, but it's also not up to you to take away their choice because if they want the feelings to be the same in order to be in relationship with somebody, that's their choice. That's their boundaries. And you're not gonna be able to be fully vulnerable with them. And in turn, they're not gonna be able to be fully vulnerable with you, not really, if you let this happen. This is something that I'm telling myself right now because- Yeah, yeah. remember that we all have these things and you should have compassion for other folks and for yourself, all right? And I also think that this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately because my girlfriend challenges me on this and I don't think that she knows it. She has been very vulnerable with me, I think, in a lot of ways and like throughout our entire relationship not just us dating but when we were friends and shit and we would talk about stuff and it's really amazing to me and every time she does it I'm just like staring at her in all like wow you really trust me with this information you really like feel this connection with me and feel safe to say this shit and You are okay with how I would may feel about this. Whatever those feelings, positive, neutral, negative, you're really okay with that. And you're willing to talk about it with me. And it makes me be more vulnerable in turn. And it also makes me examine other relationships in which I may not be as vulnerable. And so, yeah, I can really tell y'all that these last two years, I have been doing a lot um therapy has helped me and yeah this chick has also helped me and i have been saying what i think a whole lot and it has caused whoo baby a lot of shaking it up in my relationships rocking the boat and i think at the end of the day it's good for it because i want to be with people that i'm compatible with in many ways and i want us to be settled in that i like settled relationships (laughs) y'all (laughs) <laughs> I mean you know people with like NRE and all that shit I like settled relationships and I want my rela- relationships to be settled Um, and I think that's the reason that before I didn't want to express what I really thought because I'm like if I express it it's going to rock the boat but sometimes the boat needs to be rocked sometimes people need to be thrown on a- overboard not in a bad way y'all in a way like our flag means death where you know these people ain't really dead yeah that way Anyways, ah <sighs> yes. Um, along with expressing what you really think, it's also be willing to expose your feelings. Um, acknowledging and accepting our feelings is an important part of being in touch with ourselves and sharing ourselves with others. So, that first thing I said, examine your intent. Part of that is also, what the fuck is your feelings? And I'm a re- and I reiterated down here because. Even through all of that, you can still be like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. These are my true feelings. No, come back to them. Come back to them. What is your feelings for real? Be honest. You got to uncover them because sometimes we lie to ourselves. We lie a lot to ourselves about what we're feeling. And yeah. Yeah. A big part of strengthening connections is being willing to share how we feel with somebody else. But before we do that, we got to share it with ourselves. So. Bang bang! As a matter of fact, think about your feelings between every step. Think about your feelings. Think about your feelings. Think about your feelings. And the last thing I'm going to say is accept the risk. We can't always have guarantees in place before we risk sharing, period. Um, you have boundaries around things you don't want to talk about. Unless you bring it up, you can have boundaries about how much of something you want to talk about, what words you don't want to be used, all of that. But you always take the risk of sharing with someone that may not have your best interest in mind. That is always a risk. And that is why you build up trust and share appropriately over time. You don't just thunder blast everybody with a motherfucking everything about you and this is your life story and here's all your trauma and all the things that you're currently working on. You don't do that. You build up trust. Share over time with the appropriate folks with their consent. That doesn't guarantee that somebody with ill intentions won't fuck with you, but it does help. It does help. And that's just something that you have to weigh within yourself. Like the fear of sharing versus the joint comfort of being able to trust someone, help them understand you. And yeah, that's, that's, that's you just have to weigh what the fuck the costs are and decide is this worth it or am I willing to take that risk so um one more time for the gang again, I'm going to share the steps that I take to not overshare build trust and be vulnerable with folks I have connections with and again if you're trying to build up to being completely vulnerable, try coming up with questions of varying depth that can lead that conversation. Examine your intent. Think before speaking. Say what you want and ask for what you need. Get consent. Slow down and be present. Be honest and express what you really think. Accept the risk. And in between all of this shit, Be willing to expose your feelings to yourself and to other people. Again, be willing to expose your feelings. Do the self-work that you need to get down to the nitty gritty and what you're actually feeling. Stop lying to yourself. Bam. That's it. Those are the steps that I take. Yeah. There is nothing like being vulnerable and sharing with people that you've developed connections with. That can bear the weight of who you are and what you're about and love you for it. So, yeah, that's that on that. This episode was recorded, edited, all that shit by me, D-Ray. Full transcript can be found on this episode's page at SunnyDPod.com. Theme song is by Cowpen Creations. You can find me at my Facebook page, Sunny D, at facebook.com slash Sunny And join my, for the free, Facebook discussion group, Sunny D Pod. You can find my Instagram at Sunny D Pod, my TikTok at Sunny D Minx, and my ratchet ass Twitter at Lil Wild me. Also, you can find me on Patreon, where you can support me monetarily and get some little goodies that I put up for you. And you can find that at patreoncom sunnydepod Thanks, folks. Stay foxy, y'all.